0: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Bible in the News. This is Tim Billington joining you. The ongoing effort to erase evidence of the historical Jewish connection to the land of Israel and delegitimize Jewish growth in the land continues apace. Secretly and overtly fueled by hatred from those in and supporting the Palestinian Authority, the attempts out of Europe itself to undermine the Jewish state and rewrite her history are becoming ever more apparent. During Hanukkah, Of all times, on December 23rd, a European Union secret document was leaked in which a plan is detailed to help the Palestinians take over Area C of Judea and Samaria, the parts of the so-called West Bank that are actually under full Israeli control currently. The document is headed, the European Union Joint Development Plan for Area C. The document details many ways in which the EU intends to and can actively be seen to be implementing methods to extend Arab presence and control into Area C of Judea and Samaria. The Jewish News Syndicate reported the reaction of Naomi Khan, the director of an Israeli NGO that deals with land issues. One element of the report that did surprise her was its call to keep tabs on Israeli archaeology in Area C. The EU document calls for monitoring archaeological research because it says Israel politicizes archaeology to thwart Palestinian expansion. Ken said what's actually happening is that the PA has destroyed countless archaeological sites in Judea and Samaria with the goal of erasing Jewish ties to the land. They use several methods, either destroying them, plowing them under, or redefining them as Palestinian, she said. Judea and Samaria are the very heartland of biblical history, including areas in even Jerusalem herself, most notably the Old City and the City of David. These areas are full of rich history of the Jews that lived there for thousands of years. Though these years were interrupted by destructions and judgments, a remnant always remained, and the evidence of their lives is guarded by the soil. But this is now being weaponized, as a brilliant power of the evidence comes out of the ground, the strong desire to stop it at any cost is revealed as well. Even back in February 2, 2018, the Jewish News in the UK reported the following. A report leaked to The Guardian accuses Israeli authorities of using excavation and findings as political tools to modify the historical narrative and to support, legitimize, and expand settlements. Among the examples listed was that of the city of David. However, Israeli authorities are not weaponizing archaeology. Archaeological finds are supporting the history of the Bible and its people. For those who deny it, that is not a convenient find. There were no Jewish temples on the Temple Mount, despite its name and many historical Muslim documents which also claim that the Jewish temples stood on the Temple Mount. Historically, this was not a fact disputed by Muslims. Nadav Shragai wrote a very well-documented piece for the Jerusalem Center for Public Affairs, in which, among many others, he quotes Persian historian Abu Jafar Muhammad bin Jr. al-Tabari, who lived between 839 and 923, is quoted as saying, One of his ancient manuscripts, which carries a seal of al-Azhar, the world's most important educational institution for Sunni Islam, says that Beit al-Maqdis was built by Solomon son of son of David and was made of gold, pearls, rubies and of precious stone peridot paved with silver and gold its columns were of gold the reference to Beit al is of Hebrew origin meaning the holy house hebrew beit hamikdash and is a reference to the Jewish temples So as we look at this then, we think, what has been discovered? What's getting them so excited? What is the evidence that they're trying to hide? What are they afraid of? So let's look at some of the recent finds that have the world so concerned that their narrative will be exposed as false. New discoveries are constantly being made. Those who wish to deny are rightly afraid. Some of these are the stone marked as the house or place of trumpeting, that's from the side Of the Temple Mount and many seals or um, seal impressions which are little bits of clay used to tamper proof and sign documents. One of these is a seal impression or bulla of Hezekiah king of Judah. The bulla of these officials that locked up Jeremiah for prophesying of the destruction that would come because of their refusal to obey God. They were found near each other along with ashes and arrowheads from the destruction. A seal impression was recently found that appears to have sealed a fabric sack during the First Temple period. It bears the name of a person from the family of Immer, but the first name is partly cut off. What's left would translate to "belonging to something Layahu, son of Immer." But another son of Immer is mentioned in Jeremiah. Pasher, the son of Immer, is mentioned in the Bible as chief officer. In the house of God, that's from Jeremiah 20, verse 1. A bell from the high priest's garments was found in the drainage channel under the recently excavated road that leads up to the Temple Mount from the Pool of Siloam. That road itself is an amazing find. Many ritual baths or mikvot have also been found in the area as well, which will be because cleansing was necessary before ascending up into the Temple Mount. Lavish paving has been found from the Temple Mount dating back to the Herodian era. I'd like to also detail today a couple of other finds. Around 1500 ivory inlay pieces were recently found, believed to be from a lavish royal room from the time of Hezekiah. An interesting thing about them is that out of all the inlays found, none depict figurines or false gods, as is usually the case in the ones found elsewhere, including those from the Northern Kingdom, which we know had an almost unbroken idolatry problem. The ones found here, however, were all floral in pattern. King Hezekiah was a righteous king that abolished idolatry from Judah. Another very interesting find is the Solomonic gates. There's three that are fairly well known that are um, spaced out through the land of Israel. But a gate has now been found in Jerusalem, as archaeologist Dr. Lane Rittmeyer pointed out, is strikingly similar to those found in other cities from the time of Solomon. And this is the reason of the levy which King Solomon raised for to build the house of the Lord and his own house and Milo and the wall of Jerusalem and Hazor and Megiddo and Gezer. So these places are listed together in the same verse as places that King Solomon built. This find provides evidence of the expanse of Solomon's kingdom, which is important as there are those today who are trying to diminish him to a mere tribal ruler, something insignificant. Back in Jerusalem, The actual palace of David has been unearthed as well. The first clue that was found was a Phoenician capital or decorative pillar top that was at the bottom of the previously excavated step stone structure believed to be what the Bible describes as Milo. So you may ask, what was Phoenician architecture doing in Jerusalem? 2 Samuel 5 fills us in. And Hiram king of Tyre sent messengers to David, and cedar trees and carpenters and masons, and they built David a house. That's 2 Samuel 5, verse 11. So people from Lebanon to Israel's north, which is where the Phoenicians are from, came down and built a house. So we find then Phoenician architecture in Jerusalem. Dr. Eliab Mazar was so sure she must be right about where David, King David's palace was from this and other things that she published her conclusions before the excavations began or maybe I shouldn't say conclusions, but her prediction. And she was not disappointed. Above the stepstone structure, so the capital fell down, and she gathered from that that there must be the palace above. Above the stepstone structure was found a royal building with all the expected trappings of a royal residence. All of these these finds, and the many more that there are, show that the record that we have in the Bible is historical. The people were real, the places were as described, and the evidence of the events that happened there are being extracted from the dust of the Holy Land. We have also seen that there is a contest for the Holy Land today and a serious effort to suppress the truth about it. This battle itself is actually a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. The Bible prophesies that the enemy would appoint this land, God's land, this land of Israel, He tells us that in the latter days, Jerusalem would be controversial with phrases that are in the Bible, such as the controversy of Zion, Jerusalem to be a burdensome stone, and ah, even the high places are ours in possession, the enemy says. And God talks of when I bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather all nations. Those two things being put in juxtaposition indicate that the one is connected to the other. The Six-Day War of 1967, which returned these lands to Jewish control, has indeed been a catalyst to unite the nations against Israel and opened up situations that are fulfilling so many of these prophecies. Unfortunately, another great battle is predicted. It is known by the Jews as the Battle of Gog and Magog, and it is the year of recompenses for the Controversy of Zion. The exciting part is that out of it comes the destruction of those who lift themselves up against God and his people. Those that remain of the nations after that, we are told, will come up from year to year to worship God in his temple in Jerusalem. May that day come quickly. This has been Tim Billington with you, the Bible in the News. Please join us again next week for more Bible in the News, God willing.